Hello. Hello. Hello, beautiful people as well. I welcome you back to another podcast episode. Um, Luca was the first of this second season, and me and Luca were also just texting on observations that I had about men that are in my life right now. And then I was talking to Luca about like those observations, and Luca was connecting pieces, and Luca's like, let's do a podcast up podcast episode on this and I was like hell yes so we have a lot of details on things that we observe about men not out of judgment I think so we were both in a situation where we were super into feminism and I think every woman is a feminist at like we are feminist because we are a female but Mm -hmm. it comes to a point of us blaming things on people that it doesn't do anything if us if we scream at all men like fuck you it never teaches them anything. They know that we're not necessarily meant to be teachers for every single man, but at least giving them a chance to hear us out. You know, there are some men out there that are not willing to learn at all, and it's not for them to be learning these lessons in this lifetime, but there are men out there that just have not been given a chance out of a compassionate, divinely feminine person to Uh be taught and there's some women out there that are willing to be patient and there's some that not and that's perfectly fine wherever you are on that that spectrum I've been having such a hard time talking I know you did too earlier Luca so (laughs) we'll we'll get through this period Um, but anyhow so that's what this episode is about so it's coming from a place of observation not judgment of what we see um, even within masculine energy, it doesn't even have to just be uh, like men with male parts or even if you're identified as a man, but you don't have male uh, genitalia. It doesn't like just I think just masculine in general as a collective is I guess what we're talking about and what that means to us and how that's been inflicted with trauma as well. That's how I see it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So what is your what is the definition of a feminist to you? I think. Oh, that's, it's somebody that knows a woman has power and making sure that she has it. That's how I see it. Like, mm-hmm. women need power and we've been stripped of that power. So it's re-giving them that power that they once had. That's what feminism is to me. That's why I think every woman is a feminist because what woman doesn't, well, there are women out there that are brainwashed into thinking that they don't deserve any kind of power in this life. Yeah. But we are so divinely put here for so many reasons like the feminine we even talked to some really divinely masculine creators like Aubrey Marcus and he talks so highly of women and the beauty that they bring in the world and how like things like that but yeah that is that I feel like that's a good um definition I feel like feminism to me has to do with like being equal and I will Mm -hmm. say like I do feel like women are extremely powerful and we have like such energetic gifts. I watched a TikTok today and this girl was saying how women, especially women, hold memory in their hair. Mm. And that's why like post breakup, all these girls are cutting off their hair because like energetically we feel so much. And Mm -hmm. so I wouldn't say we're superior. I don't think anyone is superior than anyone Mm. else. Right. But I will say women hold a lot of energetically in tune gifts but I also think that men have the equal opportunity of opening up to all those gifts but this kind of goes into what we were talking about behind the scenes is like Mm. men have the same capacity as women do to feel deeply and to feel romantically Mm. but it's the fact of like are they 
open to opening up to receiving and like truly feeling deeply yeah I when I was like telling you the little things that I was picking up on yesterday being on the phone I like the way you put it was just like perfect because yeah it comes from a place like also on Ari Marcus's podcast he was talking to oh I don't remember what podcast episode it was but he was saying that God is all of creation. God is not he or her or they. God is just God. And the fact that we put labels on things inherently make things like... Because we have such a stigma around if you're a man or a woman or non-binary. And that stigma automatically creates that person's ego from birth. Like, I was even watching, like... I don't know anybody who lists, I mean, watches Big Mouth on Netflix, but there was an episode all about how, as a joke, like the hormone monsters there, they don't have identifications as labels for gender until mm-hmm. the, the child wants to choose. And so they call the child they, and they don't give very gender neutral colors and they allow the child to pick out a name and everything. And for a lot of, I don't want to call it conservatives, but that's the only way I can get I guess give a label to it ironically is they're just like no you have to label a man or a woman there has to be a direct difference but there's no direct difference between man and woman except for genitalia and Mm -hmm. yeah there is like different hormone levels for um for men there's high level of testosterone and there's high levels of uh, estrogen in women but the reason why women are so angry for PMSing during their periods or before or after, that's due to the testosterone. So women get a taste of testosterone and men also get a good taste of estrogen. And I don't know how that plays in, but I've heard that men get a taste of estrogen as well. And I know you've talked about this and I've also watched a TikTok about it on how there was this girl and she was on a podcast and she accidentally got testosterone. I was literally about to bring this up. Yeah. And I only know a few details, so you can take it over after I share like the main part of it. But she got the testosterone cream on her and she on like was super horny for everything around her because that's what testosterone does. And so, yeah, there's creepy ass men out there and they don't deserve compassion because they know what they're doing. But testosterone works way different than estrogen. And we need to be a little bit more compassionate with the way that that works. And it, yeah. it doesn't give men excuses, again, to be, like, weird and creepy and, of course, no sexual assault or no rape. But it's keeping in the back of our mind that that's the way that their mind works. So instead of being like, I don't even know how to carry that sentence on. So I don't know if you can put that in the right words because I don't know how to put it into words. Yeah, so, like, I think men, they have a higher sex drive. Like, it's scientifically proven. Right. But I also feel like in schools we don't teach men how to channel that sexual energy Mm. and on tiktok you'll see like girls channeling their sexual energy and like manifesting with their um can i say it yeah orgasms but yeah like for men there isn't a lot of creators who also like positively Mm. um like motivate men to like have a safe space for themselves to romantically like love themselves and I was um what was I gonna say so like when it comes to sex drive men aren't taught to like tune into that and channel it correctly and that's why 
there are a lot of like sexual assault things like that but mm-hmm. I feel like men also once they energetically like open up to it they have a lot of sexual power and I feel like that's something that they could really bring to the table for like a masculine and feminine relationship is men mm-hmm. being like really good at honoring their sexual drive which will enhance the female if that makes sense yeah um but yeah it's just like a matter of again men feeling comfortable enough to open up to that yeah and also it comes down to the way that men have been told sex should be like even like when you go on like um what's that app called like tinder or bumble or even like you like, I feel like as our generation grew up, we would add random guys in Snapchat and DM, like, or they would DM us and we'd, like, Snapchat with them and they're always just, like, they're very sexually driven where they would just be, like, well, have you slept with anybody? Like, are you a virgin? And yeah. it's things like that that it's just, like, we need to reteach men things. Like, mm-hmm. we're not taught in school that the tip of the penis and the clitoris literally are the same sexual organs. They just develop differently through the womb after the baby was fully developed and things like that. And the fact that in straight sex, you only have like a 30% chance of orgasm because of a circumcision, circumcision, whoa, circumcision. (laughs) (laughs) And so that, so basically when a man is uncircumcised, the extra skin allows a woman to be, um, have an orgasm from the g-spot because that foreskin is able to rub up against the g-spot but when it's not there a man a becomes less sensitized and can't understand the g-spot as much because he can't feel it to his penis anymore and it's just things like that and the fact that um men just aren't taught how to please a woman it's all about the man's pleasure and even Mm -hmm. i have friends now that only please their boyfriends and they don't get head back or they don't get like fingered back or like you know they never get to be on top it's always the man taking control and I think that's absolutely ridiculous but it's also men needing the fact of taking back control from their own trauma as a child and to be compassionate about that and to have those kind of conversations with your partner saying like hey this is going to be a vulnerable moment I need you to talk about why you always need to be dominant in that situation. Why can't I be on yeah. top? Why can't I lead this relationship? Why can't I start foreplay or anything? You know, things like that mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. I think the biggest stigma is not communicating, A, and the, like not being taught correctly because men also see everything through a porn lens. Like boys our age started watching porn at like eight or nine, which is yeah. crazy. And even before, like, their balls drop, they can have an orgasm. And I don't even know how that works. Like, now thinking about it, I used to have the guys in, like, sixth grade tell me, like, oh, yeah, I would, like, go to a cum circle or whatever. And I was like, oh, oh, my God. Like, I was, like, this innocent little girl. And also these things that these guys are like, oh, I'm not gay. But then with their friends, they, like, well, there's, like, cum games where you, like, come on a cracker and then eat it. And I'm just like... <laughs> Like, these things that these little boys come up with, and then they have the audacity to tell us to shave and that our, like, vulvas look wrong. And also the fact that we're taught wrong about our bodies. Like, we're told that our whole genitalia is called the vagina. 
the only thing that's the vagina in the body is the hole, like Period. where the where the womb is connected to. The rest is the vulva. And we're not taught anything about that because we're only taught about how to make a baby. We're not taught about the clitoris. We're not taught we're like we don't aren't taught about how big the clitoris is, how to find like the bean of the clitoris. We're not taught like anything. We're not taught about woman loving woman pleasure or even gay sex like we're so uneducated on sex in general that men have to filter things through porn and that is that in itself I think is really scary and the porn industry too is terrifying because there's little Mm -hmm. girls being forced to like scissor each other or to eat each other out like at 10 years old and it's like sex trafficking or like a 50 year old man having sex with a child and like it's just so sad that that's the way that we're taught about sex. And then when a woman wants to openly talk about sex, she's considered a whore. Yeah, there is a lot of like um, ancestral trauma surrounding sex, especially. And Mm -hmm. the body holds it, which is interesting. And so my mom does a lot of studying in, um, fuck, I forgot what it's called. Um, It's called... I'm you trying to brainstorm. Mm. Let me think. It's called something healing. Okay. Um. Son of a son of a. I'll come up with it. But it's basically <laughs> like channeling where the trauma is in the body and then releasing it through specific movements. And as women, we hold like a lot of trauma in our hips. Mm-hmm. So I do this specific practice where I lie on my back on my floor and I like, you know, the butterfly or like in yoga where you like open your legs and you like put your feet together kind of like a lotus up in the air or you keep them on the ground you keep them on the ground but then you like slowly move your legs together and you'll see that like your hip bone and your pelvis start to shake and that's stored trauma within the body and usually um like when my hips start to shake I can feel emotion coming up and a lot of the time I don't know if it's like ancestral stuff Or it's mine personally, but it's interesting. And I know with men, they hold trauma in a specific part of their body too, but I can't quite remember where it is. For some reason, I want to say butthole. (laughs) You know what? You're probably right. And that's the thing. I feel like I am. Is if a man's like main G spot is in his asshole, like I don't care who says what, but God made that for a reason. The universe made men to have a G spot. That's in his what ass I'm saying for a reason. Like, and the fact that men will never feel a touch of another another man because it's gay, it's just flabbergasting. Like that's another no, thing. No, literally. Like, um, there was a TikTok, and I know you saw it, but. He's basically talking about how every gender, no matter your gender, goes through a period where you ask yourself, like, am I gay or am I straight? Mm -hmm. Like, it's like this pivotal point that everyone goes through. And a lot of people say, like, oh, I've never had that thought. But, like, I know for a fact, like, you don't have to lie. Like, everyone has that thought. And a lot of people are more confident within their sexuality than other people. And they, like, genuinely know. While Mm -hmm. other people, like, struggle with it and then they don't they hide it like they don't talk to anyone about this internal um like struggle within their head trying to find out their sexuality and that also goes into like men feeling shameful about their sexuality and that's why I also think like men tend to have a lot of sexual trauma or cause a lot of sexual trauma because they don't know how to like 
organize their thoughts and what's going on because a lot of men don't have like a resource right yeah and it is it's so deeply rooted generationally because whatever the father does gets passed on to the son and everywhere that a man talks to any other woman well then the son will observe and I'm trying to thinking like the biggest thing that I'm observing right now is men needing to be dominant because men think that men are specifically Mm -hmm. built different and yeah they have different genitalia and they have different hormones yes that's scientifically proven we all know that but to say that a man is supposed to be dominant, a man is supposed to take care of a woman, a man is supposed to be strong, like that is literally everything that's wrong with society right now. Because that's where women were stripped, they were stripped of their power then and there when a, another man decided that men are supposed to take care of people. Like it automatically belittles anybody that has a weaker mindset or anybody like talking to men recently. It's just like the consistent thing of them feeling like, women are below them but they'd say like oh no I'm a feminist but women are not as strong as me I'm like well that's where the issue is is I almost think that women are inherently more dominant and they're supposed to be more dominant I don't think that no anybody's no to being dominant or submissive but if we were to scientifically prove and spiritually prove which gender is more dominant it would be woman because we can birth a child our pain tolerance is so high there's some women that literally like feel like they're dying when they're on their period and Mm -hmm. we're not given the credit of that we're told that we're weak but when you go and you talk to tattoo artists women can sit there so calmly and get it done or men they'll sit there and they'll weep and they'll cry about it and there's no judgment there but it's when men think that they're better than anybody that's creating a pyramid scheme for the whole situation yeah exactly and I know like like you were saying before like every gender has the opportunity of being dominant or submissive like it's just a matter of like feeling it and Mm -hmm. then you know like playing into those desires and a lot of men are scared to be submissive because like they think it's like quote-unquote gay possibly or like more feminine mm-hmm. to be submissive mm-hmm. but the truth is like there's like you were saying there's no gender like specific to being more submissive or dominant it truly just depends on like I feel like it also depends on your upbringing too yes and mm-hmm. self-sabotage also because we deny ourselves specific pleasures depending on if we feel worthy enough for that. Mm. And I know like it also kind of plays into love language too. Like some women, their love language deep down is physical touch, but they have so much trauma around physical touch that they feel like they can't lean into that. Yeah. Oh, I had a thought. Oh, it's leaving. What was I going to say along with that? I forgot. But I also was going to say, like, over the summer, I realized that my big love language is physical touch. And I just Mm -hmm. had to work through some trauma to discover that. And, like, I know when I was with you, I was, like, hugging you. And when I was, like, with Gracie, I was, like, hugging Gracie. Mm -hmm. And I guess just, like, platonic intimacy with a friend can definitely heal your relationship with yourself, your body, and within your sexuality. 
Oh my gosh, yes. And that's why, like, it saddens me that men will never understand that. Because women, we could literally... I have this picture in my mind, and it was something I posted on Instagram from another artist. And it was a, a French artist who painted women being in their elements of just being okay within another feminine being. And mm-hmm. they were shirtless in a beautiful kitchen in France, and they were just eating jam and bread. And they were napping at this table. And they were just loving each other's bodies and observing each other and... That's what it's like to be in the energy of another beautiful feminine being. Like, for instance, sexuality here in the West is crazy. Like, how we're so hypersexualized. But, like, for instance, like, I grew up taking Finnish saunas, which is from Europe. And it's not as hypersexualized there. So I grew up in a family where we would, like, take saunas naked. But when I tell people that, they're like, that's disgusting. It's so weird. And I'm like, no something's only sexual because of your sexual organs when you talk about oh let's have sex that becomes sexual or sexual act bodies and are not inherently sexual like when gracie was up north with me me and her would take butt naked saunas and we loved it because we could just be us and literally our naked skin and feel comfortable enough to be around each other but i know some women are so scared to show their body because of the hypersexualization from the society passed down of men yeah, I'm not sure, like, where it originated because, like, I watch movies that are based off in, like, France, and women are straight up, like, walking around naked, but it's not sexual. And then I you know. look at America, and, like, these movies, and men get uncomfortable with watching, like, men have sex or, like, something random on the TV, mm-hmm. like, anything related to sex or, like, just a woman walking down the street. Like, I'm just confused because... The people who run America came from, like, Europe, you know? Right. So I'm like, what happened within history for, like, us to completely shame the human body? I think it was just the church. Like, after the church came and established in America, everything was fucked up. Like, everything. Because also, when you go to India and you go way back in history of India and even, like, Pakistan and Iraq, women used to literally walk around topless, like, women mm-hmm. did not have to wear bras. They didn't have to wear shirts until colonizers went there and they decided, hey, the church says you can't do that. I'm going to shoot you because you're naked. And then it was wrong. But n- boobs are not inherently sexual. Nipples, men also have nipples. And, like, nipples are not inherently sexual in any form. Yeah, they can be used in a sexual way. But nipples are used to give milk to another human being that a woman pushed out of her own vagina yeah. and then we tell her that it's not okay that her boob is out because she's feeding another human being and keeping that human being alive that whole perpetuation started from the church as well and I think that a lot of issues that have happened it was from the church and it's so hard to not be angry at Christians or people that are Catholic because they're the ones that have caused us the most trauma in this human existence, I think. Exactly. I was going to say, so I'm currently watching Game of Thrones with my grandfather. Mm-hmm. And honestly, if I wasn't watching it with him, I probably wouldn't watch it at all because a lot of the show depicts women as a sexual thing. Like there are quote unquote, whores in the show that like sleep with men and there's like these brothels and so women are a big like sexual key point in the show 
And that is the reason why, like, so many boys grow up thinking, like, women are sexual in the United States. Because, like, that's the only thing shows depict. Right. And then I was also going to say, um, my mom is a G, like, straight up queen. Because <laughs> growing up, you know, my aunt that I was talking about with you, she was very religious. Right. And she deprives herself of a lot of amazing things that she could accomplish but she's religious so like she um is scared I guess but Mm -hmm. there was this one time my mom tells this story all the time they were sitting around a campfire and my aunt Judy was talking about how like you shouldn't masturbate at all because it's against the lord and you can only do that with your husband and my mom Mm -hmm. goes but like what if you want to do it by yourself and she got in so much trouble for saying that But I was just thinking, like, literally everyone does it. Right. So why is it such a taboo thing to talk about? And I think also sexual energy and life force energy is the most powerful energy of all time. So no Mm -hmm. wonder the church wants to suppress it. Yeah. Weren't you or was it crazy talking about how orgasms are literally death? Like, or was it on Auburn Marcus podcast? Like, when you have an orgasm, you're birthing this life force energy, and then it's dying for a new creation. Um, honestly, it could be all three. Yeah, it might have been, <laughs> and um, like you can do so many powerful things. Like orgasms are well, orgasms are so healing for the human body. They lower stress. They yeah, higher like they help your immune system. You can manifest with them. It's literally the most potent thing. Like they say, like. So if God is everything, not God in a man, not God in a woman, not God in a non-binary, no no human being, God is everything. God is everyone. You're yeah. tapping into God when you have an orgasm. You are connecting with everything. You are feeling your connection with everything at that peak right there, that that climax, that beautiful thing where your whole body shakes. And that is the most beautiful part of being human is our pleasure. And the fact that we can feel that animals yeah they can feel that but they also don't have as like long as a lifespan also our souls came here to experience that that's where our souls came we can't make love when we're just a soul like you can't do that we have eternal pleasure our soul outside of this human like outside of this human body has eternal pleasure but we came here to feel that within our human body and within another human body and to even like get super super happy when we see our partner being like please and being like oh my gosh they are feeling pleasure that's amazing another human being is being able to feel that life force energy and it's so sad that men and a lot of women will never feel that like a whether it's religion or b because they've never been taught like i was also watching the goop um lab on netflix the sex love and something else one and one woman she was like 40 and she was going through it and she had her first orgasm on the tv show which was ironic before that she'd never had an actual orgasm she realized and she was crying about that because she's never been taught properly and they were also saying like it's okay for us to explore our ear but we're not allowed to look at our own vagina or our own vulva like and understand the anatomy of ourselves we're stripped of even that of even you know being curious about a feelings or b of just what it looks like like if you post a vagina on any kind of social media it's automatically a no-no 
or boobs or even an interpretation of a woman not wearing a bra underneath her shirt and who's seeing an outline that's shadow banned or that's like canceled like it's it's so embedded Mm -hmm. and I also want to bring up the point like some people think that if a woman has short hair it makes them less feminine Mm -hmm. and that's one thing that really like angers me is like a woman on tv and she's so beautiful but then she cuts her hair off and then all of a sudden she loses followers or people don't think she's as attractive like I don't think people understand it has to do sure it has to do with like physical appearance whatever Mm -hmm. but it more so has to do with like the energy of it and like that and I don't know where I was going with this but I just wanted to bring that up (laughs) yeah yeah, I've noticed that too. Like now, well, it, it really kind of depends on the people that you're looking for. Uh, it's sad that women have to have long hair and they'll never cut their hair because of they need to be a sexual object, uh, object, whoa, for men. And well, it's even like different hairstyles for women. Like if women wear piggy tails, they're more likely like if they work at a bar and they wear piggy tails, they're more likely to get higher tips or be hit on because wearing piggy tails is inherently sexual. But that's only here in the West. That's only yeah. here in like the most icky towns. And our women with certain makeup, like I've I've grown up being told like at age like 12 that oh I'm so happy that you don't wear a lot of makeup because women that wear a lot of makeup are whores or I don't like women that wear no makeup or not enough makeup and I'm just like like you guys are just never satisfied it seems like but it's just being shown what's on tv and like when I grow up and I have kids like later on I'm not gonna let my sons watch or even my girls watch like any kind of TV that interacts with that because I want them to know that the body is not inherently sexual because I'm scared to be alone with a man because I'm so, I have so much integrate, like ingrained fear that they will do something. Yeah. And I really think that's also very just like ancestral again. And like Mm -hmm. our ancestors were incredibly mistreated, but then I was just thinking, like I came to this thought while you're talking Mm -hmm. is some of the most sacred places in the world are some of the most suppressed places like India and like I feel like America is a pretty sacred space but it's only because like indigenous um, individuals and like Native Americans built the foundation of America and now it's like extremely suppressed and like same with India like it's such a sacred place but like you were saying religion just came in and fucked it all up and mm-hmm. I don't know I was just like thinking once we really tune into the physical body and we let go of limitations that the church put on us, it would be like such a sacred space. And I truly feel like it's going to happen Yeah, in our lifetime at some point, hopefully, if not our children's lifetime, because if you like read books on past life progressions and things like that, people who have had lives in the future, okay, I just want to clear something so Mm -hmm. since time isn't linear you could literally have a past life in the future yeah and I feel like everything's happening at once so there are people who have like had past lives or future lives a hundred years from now and they say that 
the world is such a different place and I know that the world will become a different place because of some like traumatic event that brings people together and I mean that's kind of just like the way it's going which sucks but it's okay (laughs) but I don't know I just feel like a lot's gonna change because the first um the way to healing something and the way to changing it is to acknowledge it first and I feel like a lot of people are acknowledging a lot of stuff right now yeah and that's another thing is people are there's no way that the world is going to change without something terrible happening and although that's scary but right now we're like at an economic crash and people are freaking out and people are terrified and I'm sitting back here like calm as a oh my gosh there was this random (laughs) I ever said calm as a cool cumber I was watching last man on earth and that's something one character says Anyhow, I, thought, I guess I thought you were gonna say Tom is a queer. Oh, well, you know what? Either way, um, so I'm just sitting back here, like laughing. People are freaking out because this has to happen. People like we are too comfortable within this bullshit that we've been told is okay. <laughs> like, oh, it's just like I'm gonna go out and say it. I don't like big pharma. I think that the medication and the medical field is BS. I talked about that on here, and there's so much division between pokes, and there's so much division between oh you're for the medical field or you're not, and so much division between like politics, and you go on the TV and all it is is bad stuff. Literally, so anxious, and then they're on medications, and then that want to make like people go on birth control and birth control automatically causes anxiety and depression so therefore yeah then a woman has to go on antidepression medication and ssris for anxiety and then therefore from there then they like are, their bodies deprived of nutrition so then they're taking supplements for that and it's a whole perpetual cycle of just like bullshit and like we're just too comfortable like nine to fives don't serve us the body's not meant for that like i was kind of not like in an argument but like in a observant conversation with somebody on the phone yesterday and them talking about how we need capitalism and I'm like oh hell no capitalism is not good but neither is communism so it's like we're going to find a better solution for both of those issues yeah I was also gonna say like when it comes to politics right now it's like voting season but you turn on the tv and you like watch all these youtube ads you'll notice that everyone in the ad is just pointing the finger at someone else. And, like, it's straight up just drama. It's not even, like, that deep. I'm going to be totally honest with you. It's not that deep. And, um, like, in the history books, I remember, like, straight up debating with people on purpose Mm -hmm. a couple years ago. And I would, like, say, like, um, capitalism is not... A good structure and people are so attached to capitalism and like when it comes to beauty standards like women only feel pretty when capitalism is involved and like these houses and all this furniture like it has it links back to capitalism so people are attached to it but also if you look in the history books it just the government picks and chooses what is put in the history books and you'll notice that like a lot of things that aren't capitalism are negatively talked about and there's like all these bad stories of this happening if you join a society where everything's equal and it's gonna crash and like all these negative things but the truth is I don't think that is at all the case because 
um, if you look back to what capitalism was originally, it was a process of like changing goods for an equal good and an Mm -hmm. equal product. And now it's just so misconstrued. And so like back, back in the beginning, people would like trade a shirt for something else that they needed back that was equal. And that's like the origins of capitalism. But now it's just like $15 for the shirt that's like made out of plastic. Right now it's so unbalanced. I'm just like, what the heck is money? Money is dirty paper. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Literally dirty paper. Uh, I know. And I didn't like, that's the other thing is I have my opinions, but I don't know why exactly. You know what I mean? Like somebody will try to have an argument with me and they're like, well, why do you think this way? Why is it this way? And I'm like, I don't know how to back up my evidence. I just know yeah. it in my heart and my soul that capitalism is not ever going to serve us and never has served us. Exactly. And, like to tell somebody that they are not right for their identity or the way that they want to be perceived in this world, like that's denying. Like I do everything out of love and I know you do too. And a lot of our friends do too. We don't have a particular reason. We don't have a scientific backup or a specific backup for it. We just know in our hearts that that's right. And to me, it's frustrating when people are like, well, show me the evidence, show me the proof. I'm like, that's another capitalistic tendency is to be like, you need proof to be right in this world. It's like, Why Mm -hmm. can't we just do things out of love and saying, like, this is my opinion, and I hope that you can respect it because I respect whatever your opinion is. Yeah, exactly. And I think a lot of politics are based around the toxic masculinity, which is, Mm -hmm. like, pointing the finger and telling other people that they're wrong and you're right and, like, being the dominant one in the situation. And, like, if politics were more balanced and more in flow and more creative, like... It would be so much more calm and like you were saying like if we come from a place of love like as long as you have good intentions that's the best you can do and a lot of politics and politicians do not have good intentions their intentions is to make money um create more division um quiet people like the intentions are not good and that's why i also think like the universe is always trying to return back to a state of balance and harmony and eventually that's going to happen and the universe is like you can feel it in the air that the universe is like not with it and so like this is not the natural state and eventually it's going to get back to hello 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 can you hear me now did it cut out yeah Yeah, it did what was the last part you said um when was the last time you heard me i was too focused on the silence that i forgot um what was i saying i was saying like do you did you hear me say the natural state of the universe is harmony and balance oh yeah yeah so like you can feel in the air that the universe is not happy with the way that things are going Yeah, exactly. And eventually it's going to turn back into harmony and balance. So we can only keep up this act for so long. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And it's like when it was like the whole movement, I think it was back in like June when the scientists um, 
handcuffed himself to the outside of the building. It was, like, proving the point of, like, the earth dying and nobody actually, like, listening. Yeah. And, yeah, I was, like, scared. I was, like, so I made a post on that and how, like, we can help, like, the planet and everything. And I remember Gracie being, like, fear is not the answer for anything. Yeah. Know that Mother Earth is going to take back her power in whatever way that means. And if that means catastrophe, that's how it's going to happen. Like, no wonder there's, like, tsunamis every day and earthquakes and there's, like, awful flooding and our soil is so bad. Like, we've treated the Earth so bad. And all people want in capitalism is just money. And it's, I don't, like, I don't really know how to explain my why I don't like capitalism but basically it's just a trade for money and if we take money out of the equation everybody's like well the earth would go to crap and there would be no like levels for anything and like that's the whole issue is it's still division if you were to be in an intentional community you would have everything that you need like you have food you have water you have community and capitalism also completely destroys community yeah, and, like, there's these movies that install fear in us, like The Purge, and, like, specific movies where capitalism or, like, a natural event occurs and all these people are, like, murdering each other. Right. I don't think that would happen at all. I think when people go through a traumatic event, they just want to feel, like, a sense of community, and I feel like that's what would actually happen. And yeah. there's a lot of people that have, like, fearful ideas. Hello. Going back to politics. It oh, cut out shit. again. Can you hear me now? <laughs> what? Can you hear me now? <laughs> yeah. I don't know why it keeps doing that. It's because. Oh, it did it again. You did what? Gosh darn it. I'm going to put my phone on silent mode. It's because you're getting texts. Yeah, put it on do not disturb. No, you know what's funny is like whenever you glitch out, your voice then speeds up and you sound like a chipmunk, but um, <laughs> yours I was... is too. Okay. <laughs> so, wait, what I was saying was like you either come from a place of love or fear, and um, like if you're gossiping, you're coming from a place of fear, but if mm-hmm. you're coming from a place of like giving someone a gift, like a pie then that's coming from a place of love, so. Yeah. I even want to return back to the point of people that need to be dominant is because of trauma. And the person I was talking to yesterday that sparked a lot of these thoughts, like, that's what I was trying to prove. Like, it's not that men need to be dominant and women need to be submissive. It's the fact that people that need to be dominant do it out of protection for themselves because they are suffering to the point that they need control and there was an analogy that me and this person were talking about and he was driving a car and the the way that they were seeing it was if you got into a car crash the dominant thing to do would be cool to get out of the car and to call for help but the submissive thing to do would be to sit there and cry and I was like no the submissive role would be getting out of the car and going with the flow with it that dominant role would be there sitting there saying fuck 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 like now my car is totaled now I'm like so fucked over like things like that that would be the dominant role it's losing control right there 
it's yeah. like people think that being submissive means losing control but being submissive means going with the flow it's the divine feminine it's saying that whatever happens happens for a reason and that's where that has even been like misconstrued of just the fact that women are like very wimpy and emotional and men aren't allowed to be this way like another example was would you rather be a lion with a sheep mindset or a sheep with a lion mindset and that was being compared to men and women and I was just like it was a really interesting analogy and I I, like when I have these conversations with men I always I never say well fuck you like before probably would have (laughs) like when I was really like into like super super feminist super super leftist super super what's the other label for politics um left and right uh conservative or liberal yeah and then democrat whatever oh yeah oh my gosh there's so many labels (laughs) and like when i was super political i would have called out any man and been like fuck you like you need to educate yourself but now i'm just like hey like when this person like whenever i talk to any man now and they kind of like step a line of something first of all i set up a boundary and i say oh well that's interesting and they're like what do you mean like do you really want to hear my opinion? And they're like, yeah. So then I get a chance to have airtime and be like, hey, well, this is the way I see it. Would you mind being more open-minded about it instead of being like, fuck you? Because when you get defensive, the man's going to get defensive. And the man has already been defensive in the beginning. So that's going to become an argument. So why don't we apply love? But I'm also that kind of person that wants to have like a retreat with men where I allow them to recede back to childlike form and they cry. Because I think the most beautiful, potent thing in this world is seeing somebody that's super, super hurt finally break down and return to childlike form. Yeah. And um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Going back to submissive and dominant things, I don't feel like being submissive is specifically like tied to the feminine um but I do feel like being submissive definitely has to do with like going with the flow and being more dominant has to be with like kind of going after what you want I don't really know Mm -hmm. what the definition to um dominant is but I will say like yeah you just have to tune into both and each one has very major pros I wouldn't say they have cons. I would say the con is like um, labeling them as masculine and feminine and then labeling them as weak or like strong. I don't yeah. think the, those are two different things. But yeah. and then going back to crying, like everyone has an inner child. And I was watching a TikTok with this girl was saying that she took her inner child on a date. So she like went to McDonald's, got her a happy meal, went to the park. And then she started asking her inner child questions and like telling her that she's safe and it's okay to let down your guard because things are different now. I feel like if everyone went on a date with their inner child, did the most basic thing like ice skating or roller skating, it would unlock specific emotions and you would release so much. But crying is definitely a very beautiful thing Mm -hmm. and I mean some like back before I was really spiritual I had this fear of crying because I thought if I cried I wouldn't be able to stop because I knew for a fact I held on to so much and if I started to cry just a little bit it would unlock too much for me to handle 
And I think that's mm-hmm. where a lot of people's fear around crying roots from is wow. uncovering stuff that they're just not able to handle. But the truth is anything that comes up, you're able to handle. Yeah. I like, I started telling men when they're, I'll be like, well, when's the last time you cried? And they're like, not since I was like eight or nine. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I feel bad for you. And they're like, well, why the fuck do you feel bad for me? And I'm like, because it's so beautiful to cry. Like, to proceed to this go with the flow state of just surrendering to something yeah. is so freeing. And some, and like, I want to say a good, like 70% of the world of the population of men, however they identify in whatever way is just like, they're hurting so bad and anger comes from immense sadness. And so looking a guy in the eyes and just being like, you don't have to fight anymore. Like, you're safe with me. Let's talk about what happened to you as a child. And not everybody needs to have the capacity to do that. But I think that if you really want to help people, that's the biggest thing is just giving them the masculine men a chance to tell you their story. And the most masculine, disrupting, rude men have the deepest story of childhood that when you listen it's like wow like I I understand why you do what you do it doesn't give you an excuse but I do understand because if I was in your shoes and I was told the same things I would be doing the same thing yeah and I also feel like men feel very deeply and yeah they suppress it differently which they like store it in the body differently and things like that but yeah like you were saying if you were to like ask men and if men were open to it I feel like they view the world in such a unique, beautiful way. But as women, we don't really know how they view the world because a lot of men aren't open to acknowledging that aspect of them and they aren't open to sitting with their emotions, writing them down, alchemizing them, and then talking about them. So like as a world, we really don't know truly how the men actually energetically see the world we only are able to see and hear about this lens that is heavily influenced by like sexuality and um just these really toxic ways of living yeah um it's it's a polarity like within the men that i've i've spoken with it's either there there's three different types of men that i've realized there are the emotional men but with those emotional tendencies it also comes with anger that they don't know how to work with because when they unlock those feelings it's not just crying it's them accidentally turning into narcissists and manipulating because they don't know what to do with the energy yeah it's or it's the men that are so numb that they're just like oh yeah I'm cool they don't get angry they don't get sad but they're so numb and those are the men that I've been talking to recently. And they're just like, I'm like, well, do you get like, well, being mad at people like hurts people too. And they're like, well, I don't get mad. I'm really humble. And I'm just like, well, that means you're numb. And they're just like, no, I'm just really cool. And I'm like, that's because you don't feel anything. Like just to feel cool and humble all the time would feel so like, I'm so happy that I feel so deeply. Sometimes it's a curse, but I do love that I feel deeply. And I know you feel the same way. And or it's the type of guys that just let everything build up into anger and that's where they become abusive. And for instances, like men, little boys that grew up watching their dad 
abuse their mom, those little boys turn into psychopaths and kill people because they want to have control of being able to kill the men that they couldn't kill when they were young. Yeah, um, I was just going to say something. Um, When it comes to anger, anger is just sadness. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Literally, like, a really angry man or woman, Mm -hmm. they're not actually angry. There's just so much sadness that they aren't properly tuning into that they suffocate it with this, like, rage. And Mm -hmm. usually men who... I don't, I don't want to keep saying men because it's not just men. There's a lot of women who are also like equally the same. Yes. When it comes to people who like are very violent or angry, they just feel like you were saying so deeply and they have so many emotions and men, what the fuck? (laughs) I really said it again. Um, So (laughs) (laughs) patient sensei. (laughs) (laughs) so people who like feel deeply are either people who are like super sad or depressed Mm -hmm. people who are angry or people who are like in that balanced zone and I don't know it's just a matter of like finding harmony within your emotions and it's freaking hard because a lot of the time we associate our like we associate specific situations with emotions and then we don't properly alchemize it or integrate it. And it just becomes like this stagnant um, black hole within our energetic field. And I also realized lately, like a lot of people have these soul fragmentations and entities and just a lot of things that as humans, we have such big energetic fields that we hold on to so much, much more than we actually, like, even think. Yeah, or can comprehend. Yeah, exactly. Or can comprehend. Yeah. It's so fascinating. And I just wish, like, I think that we have to have these people that are really traumatic for us because they teach us so much. And without that, we wouldn't be able to grow. But if we could just approach them with the observant, curious lens rather than the judgmental and angry lens, we could learn so much more. Like, for like again, when it comes down to politics or talking to anybody that may have a totally different perception of us, and instead of saying, like, pointing fingers and saying, oh, well, you're messed up and you're wrong and bad, like, maybe being like, hey, could you be open-minded for a minute while I share my opinion that we can just like you don't have to agree with me but it can at least share my opinion to allow them to maybe you know have like a seed planted but or just do if people can't do that for you just do it for yourself like being around anybody recently men women non-binary people that have just been triggering me I sit back and I observe and I say okay well explain more on why you think the way that you think and a lot of stuff comes up with that. Like, I don't really know, I don't really have an example at the top of my head. But when you ask why's, it's, it's a lot more freeing and it adds a curious lens. But the other thing that I've been observing is people hate people that are curious. Like, I've been super curious recently. Like, today, my parents are telling me that my grandmother's upset at me and my siblings because we don't write thank you cards after being gift-gifted, like, di- well, gifted 
gifts. <laughs> and for me, I'm just like, well, I'm not going to write just thank you on a card and send it. Like, that's a waste of paper. That's a waste of a piece of tree. And to me, that's just dumb. Like, there's no <laughs> point of that. I will call you and say, thank you. I love you. Or in person, when you give me the gift, I'll give you a hug and say, thank you. I appreciate you deeply. But for me to go out of my way to write in a card, and so my grandmother was upset at that and didn't tell me or my my sister, but told my mom this. And my, I was frustrated with my mom. I'm like, why do I have to do this? And she's like, that's just the way that the generation is. And I'm like, so we have to respect that generation, but the generation doesn't respect us in any way. Like, A, that doesn't make any sense. But also, when I questioned why my parents get upset, like they they get triggered that I'm curious as to why what they're saying is a question because parents have an ego that they're the parent they're bigger and better and the child is wrong and lower because we've been on the earth way shorter than them and like I I what's the way I'm looking for I encourage anybody after this that when a parent tells you to do something just ask them why and they'll automatically think that it's back talk because that's what they've been like brainwashed on But I've been realizing that I love when people ask me why on what I do, because I'm like, it gives me a chance to reflect. It's a moment of mindfulness of being like, yeah, why do I do that? Yeah. Like, and so, yeah, it's just fascinating when you ask a parent, like, they'll be like, do the dishes right now. And you ask them like, well, hey, you left dishes in the sink. Why are you asking me to do them when it's your dishes? And then they're like, well, that's back talk. And it's like, no, I'm just curious as to why you're asking me to do them when they're your dishes, when you could have just put them in the clean dishwasher or like the empty dishwasher. Yeah. And like, if you look back when um, religion was becoming a really popular thing, mm-hmm. these philosophers would ask questions as to, well, why is this the case? And well, why are we being taught this? And whenever the person that was being questioned didn't have a valid or a clear answer, they would get mad at the philosopher and they'd be like, well, why are you questioning me in the first place? Like, well, why, why are you even asking this question? You're going to be sentenced to death. Like, I don't think people understand whenever someone's questioned, the ego gets very insecure and... Mm -hmm. That's why I love philosophy so much. Just asking questions is the number one thing that everyone should do. Because if you ask questions, it's going to eventually lead you to this mind-blowing thing. And that's why when it comes to healing, it's important to ask yourself questions. Mm -hmm. Because it's going to slowly trace back to the original root trauma, the original root situation. But yeah, like you were just saying, ask questions. It's like the best thing you can do. Yeah. And I don't remember if it was Socrates or another one, but I took a philosophy college class. And yeah, that philosopher was like the town, like crazy person and was not allowed to talk to anybody because he had so many questions for the church and they were like, no. Or they were like, he questioned the gods and the gods like condemned him. They were like, no, you cannot ask questions. And he's like, why? Like, I'm a curious human being. And like any child, I also notice how I get upset at kids when they ask me a lot of questions. But then I'm just like, why am I getting so angry that they're asking questions? Because I was just that curious as a kid. But as a kid, I was told to shut up. But it's a moment to heal yourself when that happens to you, where a kid's asking you. So it's like a healing moment to be like, okay, yeah, 
Like, this kid is curious as to where pencils come from. Let me explain it to them. Instead of causing them, like, trauma and being like, you're stupid, like, look it up. Or it doesn't matter to you, you're just a child. Being like, well, they come from trees. And if they ask further, then just be like, A, I don't know. Or, hey, let's look it up together. Yeah, literally. I know, like, at work, I ask so many questions. And it's normal for people to ask questions. But... Like I was saying, like some people just get frustrated and the only reason people get frustrated when you ask them questions is because Mm -hmm. their own inner child is just wasn't given the space to ask questions themselves. And then this like um, generational thing happens and then you're traumatized by it and then you'll traumatize your kids by it. Like this whole line (laughs) is this crap. So I was just, yeah, ask questions. If someone gets triggered, it's their own personal problem. Right. Yeah, I've been noticing I've been like getting into a lot more of like arguments with my parents because I've been super curious and they don't like it. And I had a moment where the other day I was being so triggered by my parents and them making me feel so little and so unacknowledged. And so I sat in my room and I just cried. I put away my phone and was like, okay, what's coming up? And I automatically got the voice in my head being like, this is your grandmother's wound. Like, the reason why this is coming up is because your grandmother did it to both your moms, like my adopted mom and my biological mom, because they're siblings. And that's the reason why is because my parents, my mom, never got the chance to ask questions. And I know my mom's an engineer. I know that she's curious about things. But so when I ask her, she gets triggered because her own mom made her feel bad about asking questions. So she doesn't think that I deserve the right to hear them out because she didn't get the right to be, like, heard out. Yeah. It's just, like, it's very important that we acknowledge where the energy is coming from and where the trauma is coming from and Mm -hmm. acknowledging if it's yours or not. But, side note, I do got to get going. Okay. It's okay. So it was an awesome podcast and we talked for an hour. So I think we got everything we needed to say out and little tangents here and there. But thank you for everybody that's listening and that's made it this far. I appreciate you deeply. Um, my Instagram, my main Instagram is hallyloves.u and my uh, business account is oneconscious.love. And then Luca, if you want to share yours. Um, my Instagram is Luca with a K, not a C, <laughs> underscore love, underscore 44. And then I also have a podcast that is called the Sacred Jellyfish Podcast. Yes, yeah. go listen to that. Luca's got some great episodes out with some other friends of ours. But yeah, I'm so excited for all you to have listened and to plant seeds in your mind. And please yes. be curious and be different and stand out, even if it makes the whole house shake, you know share your truth even if your voice shakes even if nobody understands you at least you got out your truth that's all that matters so i love you and i love you luga and love i hope you. to talk to you again soon bye bye bye